At the turn of the 20th century, the battle for equal access to voting booths in America was underway. This fight was led by women. These are their stories, and this is the Suffragist Project. Born into slavery during the Civil War, Ida B. Wells Barnett grew up in Mississippi, but came of age as a journalist in Tennessee, writing newspaper articles attacking Jim Crow laws. Her editorials on black lynchings were so incendiary that the offices of her newspaper were eventually ransacked and destroyed by local whites while she was out of town. In 1913, she founded the Alpha Suffrage Club, in response to black women being excluded from the National American Women's Suffrage Association, as well as to help elect black candidates. Debate over a bill in the Illinois Senate that would give partial suffrage to women throughout the state coincided with an orchestrated march on Washington, D.C. by suffragists from across the country. Along with Virginia Brooks and Grace Trout, Ida was in attendance. ever see such a commotion. Our own parade. It is exciting. The time for direct action is long overdue. I mean, how many speeches have we delivered? How many attempts at getting legislation passed? How many articles and letters have been written over the decades? I do wish Miss Anthony could have lived to see this day. I only have a few minutes. Isn't it all so thrilling? Special suffrage trains are bringing in more marchers as we speak. I wonder what President Wilson will think of it. Women from all over the country marching the day before his inauguration. It was clever of Miss Paul to schedule it for today. Wilson has done nothing to support women's right to vote. Let us see what he thinks when other politicians and ambassadors from other countries are in Washington to witness the parade, and their wives will be with them. And the thousands of us. Let us hope the president will respond to our presence. The parade will make headlines all over the country. I heard that Ms. Paul asked Ms. Inez Milholland to lead the procession on a white horse wearing a banner that reads forward into light. Miss Paul has such a flair for the dramatic. She wants to show that women can be known for our beauty and brains. As if physical beauty has a thing to do with our rights. She wants to counter the nasty cartoons showing us as buck-toothed, frustrated harridans. <laughs> women must be either ludicrous or dangerous. Take your pick to want to vote. These men are nervous, and they will do whatever it takes to hold on to their power and not let us in. Some of the editors are not above outright lying. This is why we publish our own reports and must continue to do so. 
Mrs. Stone will call us in order of our position in the parade. Until then, we can visit with one another or practice our drill of four marching abreast. I should think we have the steps down pat by now. If we are to start by three, we, we are already running late. Let me see what I can find out. Oh, it is thrilling. A quiet before the storm. Another soul who is missed today. Mr. Frederick Douglass. You are so lucky to have known him. Shall I tell you a story? It involves Miss Anthony as well. Oh, yes, please. You know how key Mr. Douglas was to our cause. Well, Miss Anthony told me that when the Equal Suffrage Association went to Atlanta, she asked Mr. Douglas not to go. Oh, no. Why ever not? She well knew the feeling of the Southern delegation regarding Negro participation on equality with whites. She said she didn't want to subject him to humiliation. I cut my eyes at her. She quickly added that she didn't want anything to prevent the Southern white women from joining the cause. Seeing the stricken look on my face, she asked, Do you think I was wrong? I answered uncompromisingly, yes. You may have made gains for suffrage, I said. But in doing so, you have confirmed white women in their attitude of segregation. To her credit, she did not disagree. What is it, Mrs. Trout? You look pale. I am afraid I bring disturbing news. Mrs. Stone advises and says that Miss Paul has indicated... Oh, I can't bear to say it. You must, and quickly. They have determined that we should keep our delegation and each state's delegation entirely white. White? Apparently, some of the southern and eastern delegates stated that they did not wish colored women to march side by side. Some even threatened that unless the colored women joined the all-colored contingent... In the back of the line. They would refuse to march at all. That is absurd. This is not my desire. I told Mrs. Stone that we should like to have Mrs. Barnett march with us in our delegation. Of course she shall. It should be our choice. At the least, let it be a state-by-state decision, I said since some are so keen to talk of states' rights. But Mrs. Stone insisted that it is unwise to include the colored women in a mixed manner. We should show them that in Illinois we are not afraid of public opinion. If we don't stand by our principles, why, the parade will be a farce. You are very quiet, Mrs. Barnett. If the Illinois women do not take a stand now, in this great democratic parade, then the colored women are lost. But should we not abide by the wishes of leadership? It is because leadership excluded colored women from the white women's club that I founded the Alpha Suffrage Club. There is a higher law than that created by man or woman. Justice. You are right. It is time to show the country that in Illinois, we recognize colored women as political equals. Way past time. 
You will march by our side. I will inform Mrs. Stone. If you feel you must. I do think leadership needs to know our plan. We cannot turn the clock back in our struggle. We will not. Oh, but the struggle has been long. All too often because of race. You are a, a bright optimist if you believe that when women get the ballot, everything will change. Perhaps not overnight, but women will vote out the corrupt men, the reactionary, small-minded ones who want to lord it over us, who want to silence us. I simply mean that it's not only about the vote. Would you mind closing that door, please? This is no time for a headache. I have seen many a woman nitpicking at one another, undercutting another's work out of jealousy or spite. How many times have I been disinvited for speaking the truth when others did not want to hear it? Of course it is right that we should have national suffrage, but I do not have any illusion that this in itself will change women's nature or the political situation. But you are young and white and see things in a different light, no doubt. What is it, Mrs. Trout? I'm afraid Mrs. Stone, not that she or Miss Paul wish it personally, they believe strategically we must have the Southern Delegates march. It is expedient, as Miss Anthony would say. What? Right. Have they to dictate what we do at Illinois? You did stand up for Mrs. Barnett. Yes, but this is a national parade, my dear. All eyes are on us. We must abide by the wishes of the leaders. Mrs. Barnett... Oh, I am so sorry. No, you, you won't, will you? If you march in the back, then I shall march beside you. They will say you are simply trying to seek publicity by doing so. What do I care? I cannot prevent their talk, but I can prevent having one of our own delegation left behind, almost as if she weren't in disgrace. Mrs. Barnett... Surely our women should be as firm and standing up for their principles as the Southern women are for their prejudices. I wish it were so. The colored contingent comes after our male supporters in, in the, the back. back. Yes. I know. We will meet up at the Treasury Department. When we are all assembled there, we will see an allegorical tableau with women representing justice, charity, liberty, peace, and hope. This is so very wrong. As a young teacher, I refused to sit in the smoke-filled colored's car. They forced me off, and I sued the railroad, and I won. When newspapers reported that a Negro man was lynched in Memphis because he had raped a white woman, I investigated, and I found the real reason. The Negro business was competing too successfully with the white men's. I started documenting lynchings, 
and published my findings. And they ran me out of the city and smashed the newspaper office. I continued to travel everywhere, even overseas, to tell the truth about these horrors. And when I was asked to come to Washington for the parade, it was to march with the other women of our state. I intend to do so. Good. How shall we manage it? So you are with me. I see why they call you the Joan of Arc of West Hammond, Illinois. What is the plan? We will say nothing more about this. Let Miss Paul think I'm going to the color delegation as she so dictated. Or let her think I'm not marching at all, just as the Southern women threatened to do. We will take our leave and wait at the 4th Street Northwest intersection. When we see the Illinois banner, we will slip right into the line and march to the Treasury Department, Negro and white together, just as we pledged. Let headquarters do what they will. Button up. It's cold out there. This is nothing to that of Chicago. officials labeled Ida a race agitator and placed her on a watch list during World War I. She continued fighting for the advancement of African Americans as a founding member of the NAACP and also campaigned for office, losing to Adelbert Roberts, the first African American elected to the Illinois Senate. Her unfinished autobiography was posthumously published in 1970 nearly 40 years after her death in 1931. The Suffragist Project is a production of Odyssey Stage Theater. Visit us online at odysseystage.org.